Welcome to Open Source News Live. Hope you're off. Your day is starting off great. Big hug to all of y'all. Welcome to the live session here, folks. Got a lot of news uh, to cover for you. Don't generally do them this early in the morning, but my goodness gracious, I want you to be up to speed. Folks, we have more talk of Republicans getting into the ring with President Trump, and we actually have one person who has thrown their cells into the ring. They've got some interesting things to say, which we'll actually cover in another episode, though obviously they're not going to be any competition to President Trump. But let's start off with New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu. Not his dad, but Chris Sununu now in his fourth term as the governor of New Hampshire. He's uh, he's still thinking about running. He's got an exploratory uh, committee and all that, so he's going to run. He just now, I think in this last midterm, got his uh pinned down his uh his fourth term as governor he's got a plus 19 favorability rating in his state but this is what he had to say about president trump running in 2024 and the party's direction with him as their leader this is on fox news with brett bear presidential race Perhaps how he may fit into it. The race for president hasn't really started. No one's really thinking that way yet. Remember, we're just coming out of November of 22, and you and I are in this world. We're talking about it all the time. But the average American, they're just dealing with inflation. They're dealing with how, how high housing prices, record debt, uh, and, and uh, at, uh, at the household level. So right off the bat, Governor Sununu is out of the loop with what real Americans are. We are very much looking forward to replacing the horrible policies of the CCP puppet and installed former vice president. We are very much talking about the 2024 elections. Obviously, it's not on the top of our minds because we know that it's not yet, but it's giving us hope that if we can survive until then and that you know all the things that made 2020 possible, all the Democrat math, at least enough of it can be, fi uh, can be fixed so that President Trump can be back in the Oval Office. So 2024 is weighing heavily on our minds. We need a reprieve from this treasonous, traitorous rat bastard currently in the executive office. So people aren't really thinking there yet. And look, my message to President about President Trump is we thank you for your service. Great. But we're moving on. Thank you. We're moving on. Yeah. The establishment is moving on. We, the people, are not moving on. We voted for President Trump to beat Hillary Clinton in 2016. We voted for him in 2020. He is not currently in the Oval Office. We have not moved on because we have seen a stark contrast between Joe Biden, who a miracle of all miracles got more votes than Obama, we're told, without campaigning. And now he is his favor favorability rating, his approval rating is in the toilet. We haven't moved on. We want Trump. That's what we wanted. And we want him again. He's a proven leader, a, a proven businessman who does well by being the executive of this great brand called the Republic of the United States of America. We haven't moved on. 
you guys want to move on and you want Fo and Fox News and everyone else wants us to get the idea that President Trump is yesterday's news that we should move on to another establishment person and go back to the same BS we had to deal with before we had President Trump. No, thank you. We'll take Trump. Really thinking there yet. And look, my message to President about President Trump is we thank you for your service. Great. But we're moving on. Americans are not in the mode of just settling. Right? We're never going to say that the next, the best opportunity for tomorrow's leadership is yesterday's leadership. We want the next generation. We want exactly, except you're misinterpreting it. We don't want to go back to the same old swampy Republican and name only GOP people in D.C. that vote just like the Democrats that sit in the uh, behind closed doors in the cigar rooms, laughing and hucking it up because everyone has got this false dichotomy falls in this false dichotomy of Republicans versus Democrats, when many of those Republicans, especially those in leadership like McConnell, are the same buddy-buddy with Biden and the Democrats. We do want new leadership, and we got that. Maybe not age-wise, but we got that from President Trump, and we want it again. Of course, he, uh, uh, Governor Sununu is applying this to President Trump, that he's yesterday's news. We want to move on to a, a younger generation. Yeah, if there was a younger version of a Trump, we would want that. But there isn't. I'm not talking about Don Jr. And Don Jr. is no Don. He's not like his father. The next big idea, we want the next piece of technology. And so it is in the American spirit to say we're going after the next thing and the next individual to lead our party and to lead this country. So nope, wrong. The person who leads our party and our nation, as far as we conservatives and non-establishment Republicans are concerned, is President Trump. Okay, folks, uh, someone who has thrown their uh, name in the hat. Um is Vivek Ramaswamy. Now he ha he has released a video. He is a he is a uh, entrepreneur and a Republican, and he's announced he is running for president of the United States. I'm just mentioning it because I think his his uh, campaign video is worth analyzing. He is um, whether he's genuine or not. I'm not going to comment on it at this point. But it's a very smart campaign video because it, uh, it 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 will resonate he won't resonate but his message is the right message and i, and I i'm going to analyze that i'm not going to do this in this live because this is a webcam live i'm just talking to the to the webcam and giving you these um this reporting but uh but i want to show you the video and we'll break it down later but just so you know there is now a second republican running for president of the country in 2024 so there's a second contender, but uh, President Trump versus an entrepreneur that most of us never heard of. Now he is Indian, I believe. So he's got the brown face uh, going for him. Now, let me give you an update on the train derailment in Nebraska that I reported on yesterday. I just want to give you this, this little bit of information to see if you believe it. A representative of Union Pacific stated that the emergency hazmat teams responded to the scene, but no hazardous materials were released. An investigation is now underway. So hazmat has gone to the scene. That's the update. Okay, I, I've, I've got to share this with you because this is this is uh, this is one of those sad things, but also one of those 
no duh, one of those dirt moments, one of those uh, no crap Sherlock, dig deeper Watson moments. And it's just, just, let me just, let me just read you the headline alone, okay, from the New York Post. Migrant hotels in New York City killing businesses, causing layoffs. Once again, let's just, let's just pretend or assume that these policies of housing illegal immigrants in New York City in luxury hotels is a good idea and it's based on altruism and and it's coming from a good place. Let's just let's just go with that assumption. It still has consequences. See, these are the things that some children, high uh, high school and young people in college who are liberals and woke don't understand is whether you like it or not, there are consequences to actions. You may not believe in gravity. You may not like gravity, but gravity, if you walk off a building, will kill you. You may disagree with certain things, but it doesn't mean that the consequences of natural laws or how the order of things is going to be flustered because your reality, your truth doesn't jive with actual facts. Big Apple businesses say they're losing their shirts over ongoing migrant crisis. Owners and staff at Manhattan shops and restaurants told the New York Post that their sales have plummeted and jobs lost since City Hall began forking over millions to house migrants in hotels. So Anna Ivashik, if Koshik, owner of Cafe Waddle, she's located down the block from the 492-room Holiday Inn in the Financial District. We 100% will have to cut shifts and some people will lose their jobs over the next four weeks. Why? Well, well-heeled tourists in the area have been uh, replaced by penniless refugees from Venezuela, Peru, and Ecuador. So the revenue has, pl has plunged. I mean, they're not buying the $2.50 cups of coffee or the $10 acai bowls. So their sales are down 75%. Uh, percent. The cafe used to clear $2,000 on a good day in January, but now they might bring up only two, uh, only $500, 25% of what they used to. Restaurants, pizza parlors, I guess who else is uh, um, doing poorly in, in those areas? The gift shops. I guess the people aren't buying souvenirs. They can't afford it or they're not that happy to be in New York, New York. This is what happens when the Ritzy Row New York City Hotel in Times Square is housing refugees and not posh families at $400 a night. Ridiculous. Let's further expose Al Gore because he's making money. The New York Post doing some great investigative journalism. Al Gore's eco-friendly investment firm owns shares in polluting companies. Should come as no surprise, follow. The whole thing is a racket. It's graft. The whole thing is, I am going to be a doomsayer so I can make millions and millions of dollars. The green-friendly investment firm co-founded and run 
by former Vice President Al Gore, who is 74 years old, owns a portfolio of more than $26 billion worth of shares in nearly two dozen companies that were found to have increased gas house, uh, greenhouse gas emissions in recent years. Okay. Bloomberg News found that Generations Global Equity Fund, which numbers a total of 42 companies, included 18 firms, which emitted increasingly more greenhouse gases annually between 2015 and 2021. In other words, between 2015 and 2021, they increased their greenhouse emissions. And this is supposed to be a global fund that is for green companies. Bloomberg ranked Generation, which has $40.4 billion worth of assets under its management, as among the companies that own the greatest share of greenhouse gas emitting firms when compared to other funds that place a priority on the ESG investing, environmental, social, and governance. The whole thing's a racket, folks. They are telling you to drive electric cars because they're in bed with China making tons of money where the batteries come from as they rape and pillage Africa and other places for the raw materials and the minerals and the rare earth items necessary to create these batteries. China's not telling us people to switch over to electric. So they're killing our industry along with the help of these people who sold out to China. You've got Al Gore pushing for ESG, this environmental, social, and governance investing, but he's not doing it. Anyone who falls for Al Gore, unless they're like some 14 or 15-year-old, look, I'm not, we're, we're, we on the right are not like leftists. We're not like Democrats. We don't cancel people and we don't stop being someone's friend because of how they voted. And I, and I think for the most part, that's true. But at the same time, I can't respect you. I can't respect someone's intellect or their reasoning skills. And I would, as sure as I wouldn't do business with someone who doesn't have the common sense to see, for instance, that Al Gore is a, is a fraud. That Joe Biden is not working in the interest of the American people. If anyone tries to defend those indefensible things, I don't want, I really don't want to be associated with them. I don't want to be associated with them. Let's go back to East Palestine. Senators J.D. Vance and Sherrod Brown sent a letter to the EPA and they, uh, they're saying that it does not appear that the agencies or Norfolk Southern are monitoring for dioxins in East Palestine, Ohio. If you're not familiar with dioxins are, they are compounds, chemical compounds that are persistent organic pollutants in the environment, generally coming as a byproduct of burning in industrial processes. Some of the words when they burned the, uh, what they burned over in, um, in East Palestine, these dioxins have been released, but they haven't been tested for. Vance and Brown, and Brown, by the way, for those of you not in the state of Ohio, they have one Republican senator, which is J.D. Vance, and Sherrod Brown is a Democrat. So this is a bipartisan issue. Vance and Brown wrote the letter to U.S. EPA Administrator Michael Regan and OPEA Director Ann Vogel 
following the February 3rd chain derailment and subsequent controlled burn of vinyl chlorine. The burn was, connect, was conducted after the chemicals had reached a dangerous temperature in the days after the crash. The Ohio senators expressed gratitude for the extensive air monitoring the USPA has undertaken related to vinyl chloride and several known byproducts that are produced when vinyl chloride burns, including phosgene and hydrogen chloride. However, following our visit to East Palestine this week, where we heard directly from members of the community, we remain concerned that it does not appear that the, the US EPA OEPA or Norfolk Southern is test is testing for dioxins. And they have a whole list of questions. By the way, the World Health Organization notes that dioxins are environmental pollutants with the potential to be highly toxic and have shown to have a number of uh, effects on organs and systems like uh, your liver and what have you. And it has a half-life in the body of seven to 11 years. So the damage being done is not going to be felt or will continue to be felt, I should say, for the next several years, up to half a dozen, to a dozen years from now. And they're not even testing for dioxins. Crazy. Okay, folks, Biden has confessed to the crime of the century. And I'm talking about the blowing up by the United States and the CIA of the Nord Stream pipeline, pipelines. While visiting Warsaw yesterday, the residents of the White House, Joe Biden, acknowledged that the regime was behind the attack on the Nord Stream pipeline back in September 26th of last year. He said this, Putin thought he could use energy as a weapon, but no, we mobilized and reduced our dependence on Russian energy resources. We mobilized and reduced our dependence on Russian energy resources. Folks, some are gonna try to argue that that was cryptic, that in fact, he's talking about getting oil from other places. Folks, how we mobilize and reduce our dependence on Russian energy sources. That is an admission, a confession that we took out the Nord Stream pipeline. Forcing Germany and Europe not to be dependent on Russian energy because we blew it up with underwater drones under the guise of a drill prior to the actual blowing up. Now, of course, Seymour Hirsch has released his bombshell report that purports that U.S. attacked the Nord Stream pipeline, which, of course, the mainstream media and Joe Biden's people are calling false, which means it's actually true, and we have this confession from Joe Biden that we've mobilized and reduced our dependence on Russian energy sources. The minute the mainstream media shills a position and anything that Joe Biden says, the exact opposite is true. A bold confession. He probably wasn't supposed to say it or he probably forgot he wasn't supposed to say it. But we've had Joe Biden say the truth several times. One of the advantages of his dementia. Last June, Navy divers operating under the cover of a widely publicized midsummer NATO exercise known as Baltops 22 planned the remotely triggered explosive that three months later destroyed three of the four Nord Stream pipelines according to a source with direct knowledge of the operational planning. 
That's what Hirsch broke. Now, don't don't forget, folks, that we actually reported on the story before Hirsch confirmed it. I reported on this story. And other alt, uh, alternative media reported on the, the Nord Stream pipeline being done by sabotage by the United States with planning several months before in the summer under Ball Tops 22. This is why I suggest that you replace mainstream media with alternative media, whether it's my show or other shows. Actually, don't get all your news sources from just Black Conservative Patriot. By the way, that's me, James, the Black Conservative Patriot. You should be getting your sources from more than one place. I am absolutely biased because I love the country. I love this country. I love my fellow countrymen. I'm a conservative quasi-libertarian. I believe in small government, the Constitution. I believe America first. I believe in nationalism. Nationalism does not mean that you hate other countries or you're xenophobic or ethnocentric. It just means that you believe that your leaders should be worried about their lane, staying in their lane, which is America, the United States of. So that's what we have Joe Biden confessing to. But look, back in February 7th of 2022 at a press conference with the German chancellor, Biden said prior to the invasion of Ukraine, so this is over a year ago before the invasion, he said, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. And when Biden was pressed, he said, we will, I promise you, we will be able to do it. He told us a year ago that if Russia invaded Ukraine, that there would no longer be a Nord Stream 2. We destroyed it. And now he's confessing by saying, uh, I told you I would do this. We mobilize and reduce our dependence on Russian energy resources. Thank you, Joe Biden, for moving us ever closer to midnight on the doomsday clock. Now we've got some stuff coming out of the Supreme Court. I want to discuss this with you. And I disagree with some of the analysis coming out of conservative media. Let's start off with the Supreme Court arguments yesterday and the case challenging Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Section 230 gives tech company, big tech companies like Google, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, immunity. They're, they are not responsible or can be held liable for the content that's on their platform. In other words, if someone's a bigot on their platform, you, you can't go after YouTube for bigotry because of what something someone said. Now, in principle, that's great because that would protect the town square the public square, which of now we're in a, we're in a digital town, uh, uh, town square scenario now. But the problem is that they've abused this power and they've used it to silence other people, to discriminate, to play favorites, yet they still have that protection. You can't have it both ways. So the Supreme Court heard a case that has to do with a woman who is uh, suing Google and it's got it's gotten to uh, to the Supreme Court over the fact that there were ISIS videos on there. Someone got radicalized, and the petitioners are the family of a 23 year old woman killed by ISIS that they say Google is probably responsible for due to the presence of ISIS videos on YouTube. Well, we've got 
Sotomayor trying to make a race issue out of it. I was going to go into details of it, but it's so ridiculous. Sotomayor, okay. In one exchange, Justice Sonia Sotomayor raised a question of whether algorithms that are specifically written to discriminate should be beyond the protections of Section 230. If you write an algorithm that is in structure and ensures the discrimination between people, a dating example, a dating app, for example, and someone comes to you and says, I'm going to create an algorithm that inherently discriminates against people. It won't match black people to white people, Asian people to Hispanics. It's going to discriminate. You would say that internet providers are discriminating, correct? Brought in an issue that had nothing to do with anything. And even some of the justices are like, I don't understand this argument. Their argument is this. Section 230 should go away for tech companies that discriminate and favor. The argument that this family is bringing to Google is that they promoted the ISIS videos by giving them preferential treatment in the algorithm, even creating a thumbnail that helped in the more widespread distribution via YouTube of these ISIS videos. So they're hearing arguments. We'll see where it goes. But this is where I disagree with the Supreme Court. Let me tell you... Um, how it was reported here by pro-Trump news. The left just suffered a loss in court. The Supreme Court refused to step into a legal fight over an Arkansas law that would require contractors with public contracts to not boycott Israel. This allows a ruling by the Eighth Circuit to stand. The lawsuit was brought by the Arkansas Times and was represented by the ACLU. So because the ACLU lost in this case, the staff over at pro-Trump news says this is good. I absolutely disagree. Why should the state say that a contractor can't enter in a contract with the state because they're boycotting any particular nation? A corporate, a corporate, a company, I believe should be able to boycott any, any nation because, and this has nothing to do with Israel. Okay. This has to do with the core principle. Now, they shouldn't be able to discriminate or boycott things in the United States necessarily. And that's a slippery slope as well. But a company should not be able to not do business with the United States because they boycott any foreign country that's not the United States. See, here's what happens. If Arkansas is allowed to say, oh, you can't have a contract with us because you boycott Israel, then in the, in the future, they could say, oh, you can't do business with us if you boycott China and they're buying of lands in our state. You can't boycott Venezuela. You can't boycott X country. I don't think their position on a foreign country should have anything to do with whether they can secure and procure contracts with the government. And misses that at the state level. What are your thoughts, folks? See, I take a principal stance. It has nothing to do with Israel. It has to do with the fact that we shouldn't be dictating which countries are favored and can't be boycotted. Israel included. Very, very interesting things happening and not happening at the uh, at the Supreme Court. All right, folks, we've got uh, some folks in the GOP that want to be little mini Bidens doing what Biden has done. 
by the way, folks, we have a second sister YouTube channel called the BCP Report. Please check that out. The links are uh, the link is down below. We also have another show. I have another show called BCP Unfiltered. Please check it out. Please check out BCP Unfiltered. The link is down below as well. You can catch it on Spotify, Patreon, and Locals and listen to it in podcast format on all the major podcasting platforms. We got some mini Bidens in the House of Representatives. House Foreign Affairs Committee Chair Representative Michael McCall led several Republican lawmakers yesterday on a trip to Ukraine where they expressed their support to President Zelensky and conducted oversight of military equipment. Their meeting with Zelensky as well as other Ukrainian officials occurred in Kiev where Zelensky laid out a wish list of more powerful military items he said Ukraine needed for its war with Russia. Now, what broke my heart is that Daryl Issa was one of the people here. Why are we so beholden to Ukraine? Goes back to the other thing, my previous news story. We should not be beholden to other countries at all. We shouldn't be beholden to Ukraine, to Israel, to the UK, to Japan, to South Korea. Now, we should have strategic alliances. We should have some sort of uh, uh, allies. Yes, I believe we're having allies, but not just allies for allies' sake. McCall, who is joined by representatives Keith Self of Texas, Max Miller of Ohio, Daryl Issa of California, he used to be my... Uh, used to be my congressman, and Jake Elzey of Texas. They called their meeting with Zelensky very productive. Copycats, copycats. Very sad to see Daryl Issa. But boy, is China winning. They just shut down one of the establishment Republicans and many Republicans hopeful for getting into the race. A woman, and I'm not talking about Nikki Haley, I'm talking about Republican uh, South Dakota Governor Chrissy Noam. Her efforts to block China from buying up farmland in her state has been thwarted by a supermajority of state senators, which were lobbied, but no one ever gave a reason to why they shouldn't do this. So Noam had proposed, proposed a bill working with legislators. Remember, governors can't make law, they're executives. But she was working with her, states, uh, her state legislators to create a state-level version of the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States in order to curtail foreign Chinese entities from buying agriculture land in her state. She didn't like the fact that uh, just north of her in North Dakota, China had bought a farm to process corn, even though it, their amount of corn was negligible. Oh, but they were by a military base. She didn't want that to happen in her own state. And everyone came out shilling for China and gave no reasons and thwarted it. And boy, I'm telling you, it got a sound thumping. Senate Bill 185 would have granted the South Dakota governor the power to unilaterally veto any purchase reviewed by the panel. And this panel would have been like this uh, foreign entity. Now, they didn't come back. She said what Chrissy Noam and her people are saying is they didn't come to us and say, hey, you know, we don't want the, the the executive to have, they say, oh, they don't want the executive to have too much power. Okay. They never came with checks and balances or, or they didn't work on the bill. They just wanted to kill it. That's it. Done. We don't even want to negotiate it. We don't want to, we don't believe it in principle. Let's just fix some stuff so that we, the governor doesn't have too much power. 
Nope. They just said no stopping of foreign entities from buying farmland in our country. That is how deep, that is how deep it is when it comes to the infiltration of China to our politics. Very, very deep indeed. Got more stories for you folks, but we're coming uh, down the mountain. We're coming down the other side. Guess who just got her own MSNBC show less than a year after abandoning Joe Biden? That's right. Circle back, Jen. Former Biden White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki is getting her own show on MSDNC. It's going to air on Sunday afternoons. So she's going to be competing with other Sunday news shows. This is what MSNBC said in the press release. Inside with Jen Psaki, we're leverage Psaki's wide-ranging expertise to tackle the biggest issues of the week, featuring one-on-one interviews with newsmakers. And it'll be Sunday, and the rest of it's propaganda. That's going to be interesting and actually probably worth watching. Because at least, if anything, compared to Corinne Jean-Pierre, Jen Psaki's entertaining. Who's not entertaining and who's ridiculous is the first lady, Joe Biden. Joe Biden nor Joe Biden have said anything about Ohio, never mind them actually going out to Ohio. So while Joe Biden is over in Poland and Ukraine, Joe Biden is moving on as well in foreign travel. She is now departing for a trip to Africa. Joe Biden headed for Africa on Tuesday, declaring as she departed Washington that she had a lot to accomplish during a five-day visit focused on empowering women and young people and addressing food insecurity. The food insecurity that's being uh, pushed by this current regime. And then folks, this should come as no surprise. Joe Biden wants his 2024 campaign headquarters not to be in Philadelphia, like his, his 2021 campaign was. No, he wants it to be in Delaware, Wilmington, close to his home, so he doesn't have to travel or anything. He'd just be in his basement again. Of course, they're not going to attract a whole bunch of people to work on his campaign. No one wants to go to Wilmington, Delaware. Once again, that's so that he could be in his home while campaigning. I mean, he's expected to announce his 2024 re-election in the next couple months. But already, they're putting the operation in, looks like in Delaware. So that Joe could meet with Obama and others on the weekends at his home very easily where we can't see what's going on. And those could be the real people running the campaign. And there you go, folks. That is your news breakdown. I'll be back this afternoon with the latest updates and news that we're tracking. Until then, ciao, goodbye, God bless. If you're watching this on YouTube, please smash the like button, hit the subscribe button, share the link to this. And if you're on other platforms, make sure that you're following so that our podcast gets more reach. Ciao, goodbye, God bless.